0: I'm still in, a, oh, no. you know, 37 years ago, um, I uh, was picked up by the police and, and was arrested. And uh, this was in Travis, it was in Austin, and they took me down to uh, to book me in. And as they, as they were getting ready to fingerprint me and book me in, uh, back then Sheriff Frank was the sheriff of Travis County. And I share this with you only from the standpoint how God can take that which is weak, that which is insignificant, and believe me, I was, I, I was all those and more. Uh, many of you know my story uh, here, and uh, this is, I'm not unique, I'm not special, but he is. And I could not read, Um, I had a 7th grade, 8th grade education, depending on where, where the intelligence was at. But as they were booking me in, the sheriff Frank came around the corner, and he goes, don't I know you? And being a sharp guy that was in drugs and everything, I went, I think we do. He said, what are you in here for? I said, I don't know. They won't tell me, which they wouldn't. So he looked at the resting officer. and said, what's he in here for? Well, he's got an outstanding fine, and, and it was in the hundreds of dollars. And uh, Sheriff Frank, there was a chair there right by the booking place where you go in. Well, he popped, put his leg up on top of that, rolled up his pants leg, and he had a, a money uh, clip on his ankle. And I mean, he had a wad, but that thick that was in there. He reached down here and peeled off a bunch of hundreds and paid my fine. (laughs) I I was pretty famous back then with the druggies, you know, because I were one. You know, Vietnam, when I got back, I was messed up and I I thought I was preset. I thought that my life was preset for doom. My life was preset for destruction my life was preset I was a loser I was always told I was a loser I was always told that I was not going to amount to anything and even in school I had to go to special ed and, and all these things and and I was separate from the other kids because I, I couldn't read now of course we know what it is now it's dyslexia they didn't know what it was back then other than I was stupid and lazy <laughs> And I'm sharing this with you because I don't care what your background is. And I don't care where you're at, where you've been at. Matter of fact, most of them, we got some in here that's gotten, gotten given the heart to the Lord, came out of jail. And 37 years ago, after, a little bit after that, uh, that incident with Sheriff Frank, uh, I moseyed into a church and gave my heart to the Lord. And in an instance, the alcohol and cigarettes and all that stuff just left. And then God set me on a path and and gave me some dreams and some visions. You know, God will give you dreams and visions to take you out from the muck and the mire that you're in and put you on a high hill. And so he gave me uh, these incredible visions and so forth where I started learning. You know, when when you're going to change, you have to put some action to what it is that you're doing. I call it the divine spark, which I which what I what I mean by that is that God will come along and give you, you know, give you assistance. And I went and taught myself how to read from these visions and things that the Lord gave me, and it took me some time to do it. You know, you're not preset to be a loser. That's a lie, and I want you to to know it's a lie. Now, I went on, and I've got six degrees from somebody that thought that he was never going to make it, and, and he was a loser and couldn't read or anything to that degree. So I want you to know God can set you on a high hill. Amen. Okay, well, and and somewhat the message, this is what the message is about today. I'm gonna do a recap real quick, and we're gonna run quick, so strap on your seatbelt because we're going to high altitude, and we're gonna take off fast. And so, the recap. Now, this is part three of a series about what I have just said about our mindset and about us changing. And the first message I gave, which was several weeks ago, The title of it was Everything You Need is in the House. And I'm gonna give you uh, somewhat of a reminder for those of you that that need that or for those of you that were not here. Uh, In that message I gave, you have to go to YouTube and go back and watch it, but I talked about opportunities, if you remember that, the airplane of opportunity. It's sitting there in the tarmac. It's waiting on you to make your connection. But it's not gonna wait on you, it's leaving. Opportunities, don't, you know, you can't have excuses with opportunities. You're either going to make it on time, make the connection, and literally the, the word for opportunity uh, in the Latin means connection. Then motivation, movari, which is the Latin word, means to stir up, to agitate, to push forward. You can have good, uh, good or bad motivation. I talked about Caleb. Caleb was a conqueror. Christ, the scripture says that you and me are more than conquerors. Now there's a superlative that you can use. More than, greater than. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And then I talked about that African story. You remember the African story about the diamonds where the African had a farm, and they were discovering diamonds, and he wanted to go out. He got the diamond bug, and he had to get out, so he sold his farm, went out looking for diamonds all over Africa, and couldn't find out the guy that he sold the farm to was out on that same farm looking in a, in a creek that was about two, three feet deep, and I saw this stone, and he picked it up and was intrigued with it, and he thought it was, uh, you know, a crystal, and so he brought it home, put it on his fireplace mantle. Had a friend come over and said, Where did you get that rock? So he told him, he said, I think that's a diamond. And if you remember the story, they kind of had an argument and they took it to a gemologist and it ended up being the largest diamond ever found in, in Africa. And then the farmer says, I got a bunch of I got a bunch of these smaller, but they're all over the riverbed. And it ended up being the largest. Diamond mine in Africa. The point is, you don't have to go looking outside for other things. Everything you need is in the house. And if you remember when I said house, house has to do with your relationships, your opportunities, your divine appointments, the resources that you have. You have that's a house. And then I talked about the prodigal son, which prodigal means reckless. Well, he was reckless. You remember. I mentioned but he came to his senses. See, a lot of us just need to come to our senses, and, and the path back home is right there waiting on us. Do. D-O. That's a small little word, but man, is it powerful. It means action. It literally means to give birth to. Then... The next message I gave was on Bible psychology. You might not like the word, but you got one. And it's just, all it means is the, the processes of the way we think, and the way we process things and do things. Every one of us have, has that. The best paradigm for you and I is God's word to filter things through. Psychology is the process of the mind. I'm giving some definitions from that message. Psychiatry is the healing of the mind. You got the process of the mind and the healing of the mind. Fasting, remember fasting. It's not about not eating food or not giving drink or something like that, it can be that. But the literal definition of fasting is the notion of a runner who sticks close to what he's chasing. And everybody in this room and everybody on this planet is chasing something, everybody. I talked about PTSD because I was diagnosed with that. It's a disturbance of the mind. Psychiatry, as I mentioned in that that second sermon, is concerned with two basic uh, psychological needs. It's the need to love and to be loved. And the need to feel that you are worthwhile to yourself and to others. So let's get into the message today. The title of the message today, if you looked in the bulletin, is Religion is Comfortable. Religion is comfortable, but faith is called, is a call to greatness. There's kind of two mindsets here. One is a fixed mindset, and another one is a growth mindset. So I remember before I came to the Lord, I used to sit in that low-income apartment with that early, ugly American furniture that we had in the apartment. And I would give me a, a can of Bud Dummer, call it Bud Weiser, I call it Bud Dummer. And I would drink it and I'd crush it and I'd watch. This is when the TV went off at midnight, remember? Some of y'all that are old enough. And it always was a preacher there late at night like that. but only three channels you can get back then. Cable wasn't around. So if you wanted to be entertained, you were gonna get entertained by a preacher on, you know, of course you got all kinds of selection day. And I remember I used to throw the beer cans at the TV, empty beer cans. I was stupid, but I wouldn't dumb. But then there is a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset is a quantum ability. Quantum it just means uh, amount. You get this word quantum, we hear it a lot, quantum physics, quantum quantum mother-in-law. Everything's quantum now. It's the buzzword, right? But it just means, the word just means amount, which we get from Latin, quantos. And, and then in Spanish, it's uh, quantos. It just means how much, how many. So, There's really two basic mindsets. And you're not pre-programmed. You're not robotized. You and I have a mind, or at least a half of a mind. And we can make choices that can change our lives. And with God's help, he will come alongside of us. And in cooperation with us, right, he will change our lives. Scripture says this, come near unto me and I'll come near unto you. See, what we have in the church today, we have a mindset, well, I'm going to sit here and wait on God. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that we are to move toward Him. And if we move toward Him, He'll move toward us. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I love some of the technological and, uh, you know, the Steven Spielberg movies and stuff, you know, Star Wars and all that. But it is nothing... Nothing compares to when you get on the mountaintop and God comes and he visits you with his presence. And it's not for special people. It's for anybody who seeks him. He said, seek me with all your heart and you shall what? Find me. He's not lost. It's us that's lost. And by the way, that's not a once and for all deal that you did 37 years ago like in my case. It's a continuation of a relationship of seeking Him always. Always seeking Him. Now a hallmark of this church is is that we don't believe in fixed mindsets. We believe in that we should be challenged. And we have presented ourselves from the very beginning and the foundation of this church to be a church to educate, not only get us saved, but also to educate our minds and liberate our wallets. Numbers 1424, I'll wait on you. Now see, here's the question. What is the difference? What makes uh, like Caleb and Joshua that we know about in the Old Testament, Why were they different from everybody else? Now, I'm going to say it again. You're not pre-programmed to stay where you're at. Now, you, you might have been like with me when I was growing up. All my teachers, even my dad, you're lazy, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything. I got a barrage of that. I used to get that all the time. I started believing it. See, don't hang around with dogs because if you wake up, you're going to have fleas on you. Are you listening? Hang around with people that have a different outlook on life, a different mindset. But my servant Caleb, because he uh, he has a different spirit, in him and has fo- followed me fully i will bring into him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it see god's trying to bring us somewhere take us somewhere to inherit something see we're we're nothing but orphans without an inheritance and i understand this very much because i was ripped off with my inheritance and that i should have gotten but i had some relatives that got in there that were greedy You'll find out how people really are when there's a death in the family. You really will. Numbers 32, 13, let's go there. Numbers 32, 13. I'm setting this up as a case study that we can see of characters that are in the Bible that we can translate into our lives in proportion. There's in the New Testament, the scripture says this, let it be done accordingly to your faith. Faith is not complacent. Faith is not something that's sitting around waiting. Faith puts action to what they're doing. James says this, show me your works, I'll show you my faith. But he also goes on to say, "I'll I'll show you my faith, but I will show you my works. Faith without works is not faith, that's just wishful thinking. Now, religion is comfortable because you're not a risk taker. You're afraid to take a risk. You're afraid to do things. We got a lot of entrepreneurs in this body and and that one of the characteristics of an entrepreneur is that you gotta take risk. So, not one except Caleb. The son of Jephunneh and Kenizite, and Joshua the son of Nun, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So we got two guys here. We know the story. The spies sent by Moses to explore the land came back with a woolly misleading report. So you got to be careful. You got to, you know, you know, you got to be careful about what you let inside of you. What what. You know, a lot of times people give you misleading reports. They said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Hmm. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. This is Numbers 13, 31 through 32. Now, what's wrong with this report? It was misleading. It was wrong. Because if we go back, we can see where Rahab, you remember Rahab, she said to them, our hearts melted before us. She said, we are terrified of you. We lost all courage. The fact was, the fact, see, when faith is in action, we think we got these obstacles in front of us. And yes, we do. But, you know, also on the other side of the coin is that people are terrified that you are going to release your faith. They're terrified of that. The devil is terrified of that. He is absolutely terrified when you say enough's enough and you put your faith into action for your family, for your community, and for your church and for your nation. I'm saying he's absolutely terrified. But see, we've been conditioned, have we not? We got a lot of little religious sayings that do nothing. Now, singing a song about how great God is does not translate into the giving birth of somebody with faith that's going to scale a wall or take over a city. For instance, if you go back and read when they crossed the Red Sea, one of the, th- the songs that they read was that uh, the Canaanites were terrified of us. Great is our God. Great is Jehovah. Now they're singing it, but believing it is another thing. The spies, as I mentioned, they sung this at the Red Sea. All the people did. The people of Canaan melted away, terror and dread fell upon them. Exodus 15. I mean they knew that's why it was inexcusable for the ten spies to see what made, what's the difference between the two spies and the ten? Oh pray those laws at work again. But there are two obvious questions that I'm trying to bring up. First, why did the spies, the ten spies, make this mistake? Second, why did two of them, Joshua and Caleb, not make it? So I'm going to give you a book some of y'all might want to read. It's called Mindset. And it's by a Stanford professor, Dr. Carol Reck. W-R-E-C-K and what prompted this book was she was at a friend's house and there were some kids there and they were putting the puzzle together. I went, this is key. And she noticed as they were putting it together all of them were involved in doing it. And then as the puzzle and the pieces got a little bit harder some of them lost interest and peeled away. But some thrived on it. See, why is it that some will thrive on a challenge and some that will not? Now, there's many in this room uh, that will thrive on a challenge. I'll just pick, pick on and talk about Bill. See, Bill, if, you, if, I, told, if I tell Bill, you can't fix that. <laughs> He'll get a little gleam in his eye, a little smile on his lip as if to say, watch me. I know this about him. That's why I challenge him because I know he'll say, I'll prove you wrong. Why is it that some are that way and some that are not? You can be in a full a room full of leaders and you can give the leaders, and I know this militarily, you can give these leaders a, a command or a directive and guess what happens? Some of them will get a glazed look and then some of them will, some of them will stand up and go, okay, we'll take care of it. I don't know how we're going to do it. But we're gonna take care of this. What why is that? Is it because you've been pre designed and preset and no, 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 no. Because you can have a preset mind, a fixed mindset, but later in life you can change it to where you have a growth mindset. A growth mindset is somebody that's willing to get in the fray, make mistakes, and is not afraid to make mistakes, and they learn from that, and they get an education that's worth more than any college education you can find. They're not afraid to make a mistake. See, the 10 spies, if you go back and read it, they were men of renown. They each were a leader of one of the tribes. And see, when you're carrying the burden of the expectations of other people, then you want to protect your reputation more than you want to see the vision fulfilled. I just said a mouthful. And so they played it safe. Religion plays it safe. I've got a reputation here pride. I I don't want anybody to see me fail. I don't want anybody to look at me like where I've tried and I failed. So they play it safe. Let me tell you something. You know what playing it safe means? It's like kissing your cousin. It doesn't mean anything. God is a God of great expectations. Am I speaking Greek or what? He told he told the Israelites, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And you're to go into the land of Canaan and conquer these people. And this, it, that, that's great exploits that you're supposed to do. And I, listen, nothing has changed from then to now. It's just different territory. It's just a different directive, but it's still go. It's still go. And so... These 10 spies, they wanted to protect their reputation. So we can look at Judah. Here's Judah. I'll give you an example. Somebody had a fixed mindset, later in life ended up having a growth mindset. A growth mindset is somebody that has faith, Not, not afraid to take a risk, not afraid to tackle a problem. Somebody that has a fixed mindset is, a, is religion but has no faith. I'll play it safe. So let's take Judah. So Judah proposed to sell his half-brother Joseph into slavery. And he was an instigator of that. He, he actually was a part of that. Now you see later, shortly after that, he had an encounter with his daughter-in-law who lost her husband. He was supposed to have filled, fulfilled the law of Leviticus and so forth, that he should have taken the wife in. That was Old Testament law. but he didn't do that. So Tamar dressed up and disguised herself as a prostitute. y'all remember the story? You know, let me tell you something about the Bible. It's a bunch of flawed people. Aren't you glad? And you know, everything you read in there, including Moses, he's a great leader. Wouldn't you agree he's a great leader? But everything Moses did, it wasn't right. I'll give you one example. Did he go into the promised land? No, he did not because of anger. And he spoke against the people of God. And, and the Lord said, "You've come a long way, but you're not going in." So Judah, after it was disclosed that, because he remember he he gave his cloak or a ring or something to Tamar, so he had to go back and get it. She took that as payment. This is wise woman. This this woman is not stupid. This woman is is smart. And so he goes back and gets it. And then when it was revealed, it was Tamar. This is what Judah said. Tamar is more righteous than I. And then right there, you see a man who starts changing and thinking differently. How do we know this? Because when they went into Egypt, Now that Joseph is the viceroy of Egypt, and they had to go and bow down from him, in front of him, and Joseph said, I want you to keep the younger here while you go back and get the supplies and bring your family and your father here, Benjamin. And Judah stepped up and said, no, please, sir. Let it be me that you keep. See, he learned. So you can learn from your mistakes. Or you can keep making them. You don't. You don't. You're not robotized. God didn't robotize your mind that you're fixed and this is your lot in life. That's Hinduism. Hinduism is that you can't kill that rat. That's Uncle Harry. Now a lot of people don't know this about India before. This so-called peace march that Gandhi had, a million people died in that, by the way. Did y'all know that? In that so-called peace march, one million people died. You don't hear that from the liberal. If you go into the enclaves of some of these liberal movie stars and so forth, they'll have Gandhi as one of their pictures that they, they admire, not Christ, Gandhi. Gandhi slept with 13 virgins, so they say but he also had their tongues cut out. What a peaceful guy. This is the Gandhi that nobody knows. So you saw the movie Gandhi, right? I I watched it. Why don't you look at the credits and who produced it? And it was the government of of India who financed it and produced it. You think that might be a little biased? Now, here's Gandhi, the so-called peace march. A million people die. Prior to that, see, see your mindset is important. That's the belief that you have. This is for Christians in church today. See, when when it said, you shall have no idols before you, he's not talking about this cross. See, you, you just don't understand what's going on. It ain't talking about this. He's talking about your mind creating the God that you think he is to justify your actions which are contrary to his word. That's the idol that he's talking about. That's right. It's okay. It's true. And, you know, I'm your wake-up call. For us as a church, don't despise any kind of beginnings. Listen, we have a call and a mandate by Christ. Can we do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Or we just say that as platitudes, you know, so that that's that's our union card. We can slap down our union card. You know, I'm a Christian. I can do all things through Christ, but we're not doing anything. This is not a criticism, folks. See, the ones in here that have that growth mindset, they're saying right now, bring it on. But a fixed mindset is going, I'm going to play it safe. I don't know if I want to go there. God wasn't mad at Caleb and Joshua. He was mad at the 10. Isn't that interesting? And he was mad at the 10 because of their unbelief. Look at all the string of miracles that he did up to that, prior to that. And then they said they were too strong for him. Caleb and Joshua, Caleb actually sh- said, shut up. What are y'all doing? Don't you see that we can go and take these? Yeah, it's going to be hardship. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, it's a risk. But our God said that he is with us. But the 10, Now I want to tell you how human nature is. So God speaks to Moses, and Moses, Moses said, okay, God said, we're not, you're not going in. He's displeased with you, and we're going to wander in the desert for the next 40 years. Woo. You know what they did, the tent? They, they said, no, we'll go in. Go read it. And they stirred up the people in an emotional frenzy, And then they went in and their own strength and their own flesh and they got their tails kicked. Isn't that human nature? Yes, it is. So this psychologist, she noticed this and she actually coined the phrase fixed mindset versus growth mindset. I got a little story here. There were three demons, three stoogers. And they set out to conquer the world. They went to the hid Gumba, El Diablo, and they had a plan that they presented to him and said, we know how to take over the world. So El Diablo said to the first demon, okay, what what do you propose? So the first one went around, he said, I'd go around proclaiming the message, there is no God. But even though some people acted as if there were no God, they knew in their hearts that this message was not true. So the devil, Diablo, said, that won't work. The second devil announced, I know what, I'll go around and announce there's no such thing as sin. And they did that, but the people acted to the message, they knew that it wasn't true because of their nature and their character and natural law. They knew sin was not natural. Uh, The third demon, I've got it. Diablo said, okay, what is it? Third demon said, we will not attempt to change people's beliefs. What we'll do is tell them they can put everything off until tomorrow. And the Diablo said that will work. Procrastination, there is an economic factor in procrastination. You lose the economy when you procrastinate. I mean, when I was growing up, my relatives, my wife still reminds me of quite often. Don't put off today, you know, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. There is an economics to that. There is an economy to that. When we procrastinate as a church or as an individual or as as people, then we are losing the economy. We are losing economics. I like a, uh, Caleb. Remember I told you the story about Judah. Well, Caleb was a descendant of Judah. And after this mindset, this growth mindset that Judah had when he said, Tamar is more righteous than I am, uh, and he had this growth mindset, then that permeated through that tribe. See, it wasn't just Caleb and Joshua saying this. It was the tribes that was behind them because they carried the same mentality. They're representing those two tribes. So it wasn't just two men. There was two tribes ready to go, ready to march, ready to go in and take it. And then we have Joshua. His original name was Hosea. Uh, and Moses added another letter to his name and it became Joshua. You know when you have a name change that means that you've had a revelation. You have a, you have had an epiphany. You don't think the same way anymore. Have you ever been around people? I know it's happened to me. Man, he's different. There's something. What, what is different about this guy? It's like when 37 years ago when I gave my heart to the Lord and at way back at the schoolhouse, there was no church trappings. It was just meeting in the cafeteria, but a powerful minister. And I went forward. I, I remember I had hair down to here. I had two packs of cigarettes in here. And I went up and there was a line like this and all I could feel was, Pastor Buddy started down there came, he started coming this way and as he kept getting closer and closer it was like an energy filled, like an energy force like in Star Wars or something that just kept getting stronger. strong. Well, I, know, I didn't know what it was then, I know what it is now with the Holy Spirit. See, it, it doesn't take all you got to do is, it takes little effort to change your whole life forever. But sometimes it's so hard to do that because we got all these lies built up in here. And they have to be torn down. By the way, a lot of people in church today that have religion have a lot of lies built up in here what church is, what church should be like, and so forth. And it's nothing. So, some years ago when we had a revival over here on 183. There was people coming up, and they were throwing up at the altar. They were throwing up in the bathroom. They they were being slain in the spirit and flopping around like nobody touching anybody. Just a sovereign move of God. Three minutes with God will mature you. 30 years of maturity, believe me. But see, a lot of folks went, This can't be God's too messy. Yeah, right. We tell you when God shows up, it's messy. Because we're we're the mess. <laughs> we all think we're really and none of us are there, believe me. It's like a heavy rain like we had yesterday. And you go down here to the creek, you'll see cars, dead bodies, whatever floating down the river. Logs, limbs, it's all muddy. But then after a few days, it's crystal clear. You know, that's the way God moves. God comes in and he disrupts everything. It gets real messy for a while, so he gets rid of all the selfishness and the sin in our lives. And then the spring water starts coming, the refreshing water of God's presence starts coming. So Joshua, he had a name change. It doesn't surprise me that Joshua ended up being being uh, Moses' successor. It doesn't surprise me either given their character and their spirit that when it came time to divvy out the land, and I talked about this in the first message, they came to Caleb to give him a portion of his land, and Joshua was giving him some nice fertile land down in the valley. And, and Caleb said, we're not going there. We're going on that mountaintop, and we're going to go kill some more Anakites. They messed up my family, and I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, I've got a bone to pick with them. 80 years old. And still fighting. You don't have to have the same mindset. That's why I'll never will ever accept anybody who cannot measure up and will not measure up and come up to their potential. You have it, but you but you gotta. At least you gotta make the first step and say, okay, I don't, I, I'm, I'm at least gonna make my attempt and quit the excuse making. That's all that was there. God gave them a directive and they started making excuses. Excuses is nothing more than saying, procrastination, that's what it is. Here is where we're like grasshoppers in our eyes. And the church is like, well, that's not my gifting. I don't remember, I don't remember you telling me that or whatever. It's funny about human nature. This is a fact, I have studied this quite a bit. It's amazing when, narcissistically, when you're given a directive that pertains to you, you will remember every detail. let me break it down if it's of your self interest you'll remember every detail but if it's for you to do something for somebody else and it's and and you get a directive for that not all but ones that have a fixed mindset this is how I can tell who has it and who doesn't because when it comes to serving somebody else and you being obedient to somebody else I don't remember that I, I or it's modified, or you don't follow through. Or I'm not, Am I speaking Greek? See, this, cannot, this can be applied in your whole life, in your business. Everything that I'm saying here. Are we more than conquerors? Or, or is that just platitudes that we say, so we got our union card that we're Christians? Or do we really believe it? We really believe what we say so God is wanting us to get from this fixed mindset of playing it safe to get over here say you got to have all the trappings and the kooter coo- See, you got to have you know we listen three songs a ham sandwich a word make sure it's out of the King James Bible and and, and, and it's a set thing it's safe Now we've had church. No, we have not. We have religion. We don't have church. Church is about messing things up. Church is about us coming into a challenge. Church is about us rising above where we're at, not staying at the same level, not under condemnation, not all those things. Let me tell you some of you all that are sitting there, you need to be challenged. Not not for the sake of being challenged, to be challenged because your potential, you're not at your potential. And you need to get to your potential so that God can have his way and do the things that he needs to do through you men and women and young kids. Uh, Let me me address the young kids. Here's a big lie that we have given y'all. I'm talking about... I'm talking about our society. Y'all are wonderful. There is no losers with y'all. You, everybody's a champion. Everybody's the, you know. I'm gonna tell you how growth comes. It's through adversity. Not everybody getting a trophy at the end of it. You know you stunk. Everybody else knows you stunk. (laughs) Right? I've had kids, I've seen kids, I got a trophy, but mom, I stunk. I mean, the kid even knows that they stunk. I've heard them say that. I mean, I've been to a lot of these tournaments where, you know, soccer tournaments and so forth, and everybody gets a trophy. There ain't no losers here. Yeah, there is. But, you know, the kids know it more than the, Grown-ups know it. And I understand what they're trying to do. But listen, there's nothing wrong with adversity. There's nothing wrong with cha- uh, being challenged or trying. The, the main thing is that you don't give up. And your growth comes through adversity. See, a fi- fixed mindset plays it safe. Somebody that has faith, a growth mindset, well, don't, they don't look at life as being a failure. See, we look at life a lot, pass or fail. When you go back and look at some of the great inventors, they never looked at them. They tried and tried and tried and kept trying. They never looked at when they did something as a failure, right? They looked at it as, okay, I know what not to do. I know not to do this again. They didn't look at, oh, I fell. It's a different mindset. It's a different way of looking at life. So people that are salespeople, they know what I'm talking about. You got to get up and get motivated every day. Right? Been working all month, haven't sold a car, bills still coming in. You know, you, you gotta go some <laughs> you gotta get along, get some motivation going on. You can't be walking around with your tail between your legs. You know what I'm saying? Some of the football teams I played on, we were 0 and 10. Well, we, we, <laughs> we still had to get up and go play the game, even though we lost 10 in a row. But when we won that last game, you know, you thought we won the champion, world's championship. We finally went and won a game. Even had the cheerleaders from the other team coming over. <laughs> cheerleaders. if I had a skirt on I'd do it for you John the main thing for me is, is, is not to bring condemnation or anything like that it is for us to realize who we are in Christ and not to believe these lies that we cannot do things or if we're challenged we're stumped it's like Roy, I, I talk to Roy and tell him to come over and look at my car, and nobody knows how to fix it, but he doesn't give up, and he'll fix it. I mean, he'll find the problem, or he'll just, you know, he'll go home and sit in there and play with his bottom lip. One of the two. But most of the time, he get he gets it done. Right? I feel I feel God's heartbeat that He's trying to communicate to us. Nobody in this room is a loser. And you're not preordained or preset to be a loser. Actually, it's the other way around. You're preset and preordained by faith in God to be a winner and to rise above your circumstances. Young people, don't listen to the lies. You can do all things through Christ. But remember, he didn't say it's easy, it's difficult. Faith is difficult. Faith, that's what separates the men from the boys. See, we forget when Caleb and Joshua, no, we can do it. He, what, they were talking about their whole tribe was ready to go in. We forget, there was thousands of them. There was 24,000 of them warriors ready to go. There was 12,000 in each tribe trained. They were warriors. They were ready. They were crack troops. They were special ops. They were ready to go. I want you to know you're the same way. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. and We thank you for everything that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that I've been able to deliver what it is that's on your heart. for us to transmit that into us that we're not losers. We're winners because of you. You've paid the price. And Father, I ask humbly, Holy Spirit, that you would come. I ask this, Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, come, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.